You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This is Randy. In the future, Google will merge with Amazon, and we will get our first search browser that will try to sell you everything you search for. What is the symptoms for bacterial meningitis? Search results. Bottle of bacterial meningitis, $145.99, filled by Amazon, sold by CDC. This is Melanie, and in the future, we'll figure out what's faster than light, because we'll record it with our cameras that can record faster than light. And this is Jesse. In the future, my dog will be able to walk himself. Invisible fence technology will allow my dog to walk himself along a prescribed route, which will cause dogs to feel simultaneously further neglected by their owners and more independent. They will become the Gen X in dog years. Welcome to the Grolix Podcast. This is episode 90. 90? Man, we're old. We're old? Yeah. 90? 90? We took a while to get to 90. Yeah. We did. I don't know that we're old, but we're slow. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about this episode, guys and girl? Guy and girl? Uh, I'm sorry. Woman. Woman. <laughs> Nobody wants to answer that question because then we'll have to tell you about what the poll list is. Oh. So this episode, we're talking about <laughs> Outcast. Outcast. I just, thank you, Jesse. You yeah. just made me realize something. I should jump on this, then I don't have to explain it. Outcast was chosen in our poll list last month. Mm-hmm. Hey, one of you two. Yes. <laughs> I suppose it's my turn. <laughs> What's a poll list? Hey, I'm excited to tell you that the poll list is a poll. It's a poll on our website. Our website is grawlixpodcast.com. G R A W I. I did this wrong on my on my video last time too g-r-a-w-l-i-x podcast.com and uh you can find it it's on the on the sidebar or uh depending on what version of the website you're looking at it might be towards the bottom of the screen but it's on there it's on there and uh it's a poll of comics that you can choose from or you can add to because i think we're down to like five uh, books that are left now so we're yeah we're getting down there we're running out of them so you guys can you guys can start adding them or you can, or you can vote for the ones that are there there are still some there and uh outcast by kirkman is the one that we are reading for this month for this episode and next month what we'll be reading is wonder woman paradise lost with 35 percent of the vote interesting I'm not entirely certain what Paradise Lost is. I'm assuming it's one of the, you know, it's probably a watershed moment in Wonder Woman history or just someone's favorite. But that's what we'll be reading for next month. Maybe it's the maybe it's the origin story of Themyscira. Oh, maybe. Or just, or her getting Paradise kicked out Lost. and not being able to return Paradise Lost. Maybe it explains why Batman got creepy <laughs> on her in... Uh, Trinity. <laughs> Unfortunately, that's where my brain went too. Is like, hmm, Paradise Lost. That's uh, what happens when Batman gets to come to Themyscira. <laughs> Paradise is lost because it gets weird. It gets real weird. 
It's been a little while since we read a big, a big, uh, you know, one of the Trinity, a big name book. I think Trinity was the last time we read one of the Trinity. Yeah. Yeah. Good job, guys. Uh, Some more independence. That that works for me. Yeah. Yeah. We've had a good streak, uh, a string of them. Yeah. And now they're all Marvel and DC, except for Deadly Class is a new, a new arrival on our poll list. Mm Mm-hmm. Deadly Class. Which is, is that, also is that, a show. Hmm. Yeah, oh, it was made into it? a show recently. Oh. I, it's, I, it's somebody like Amazon or something, so I haven't seen it. But, yeah, I uh, haven't either. I think it's, it's based on the Hulu, comic. Maybe. Maybe Tulu. Oh, yeah, yeah, you might be right. Because I've seen adverts for it, and we don't have Amazon Prime right now. So, What's it about? I'm not sure. Yeah, okay. me neither. I, I think it's... It's an, uh, another one I don't know. Is it is it like Battle Royale? Because if it is, that's cool. But oh, I don't think so. Well, then I don't it. <laughs> More like High School Royale. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Battle Royale is taking place at high school yeah. age kids. So. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, so Outcast, then. Are we doing that? Yeah. yeah. Let's do that. So, uh, <laughs> wow. I, I think that it was good. But I want to know specifically what an outcast is, and I I want it now. In fact, I wanted it <laughs> earlier, and they didn't give it to me. So yeah, yeah, like we went a full volume, and I still don't know what an outcast is. Right, it's interesting, and I I like it. I just need to know what it is. Yeah. So come on, give me, give come it on, to me. Kirkman. Enough of this so, uh, making dramatic things interesting stuff. Yeah, we want the crux. I don't like apprehension, or wait, not apprehension. Uh, <laughs> I, I actively enjoy apprehension. <laughs> <laughs> so what we're talking about is Outcast, which is a ongoing comic book series created by Robert Kirkman and Paul Paul Azaketa, written by Kirkman, mm-hmm. art by Paul, first name, basis. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul Azaketa. That's still no, going too, isn't it? I think I was in a. It is still going. Comic uh, shop started, recently, and I saw a new issue of it on on the rack, and I was like, "Oh, we're on forty or forty something." Uh, it started in June of two thousand fourteen, and is currently still running. And uh, it's a supernatural horror story that chronicles Kyle Barnes. I'm not going to read any further. I don't know if this gives spoilers. So, um, no, yeah, it does not explain. It sets up that. Outcasts are a thing, uh-huh. but the story revolves or it's it's a possession. It's like possession mm-hmm. people that deal with possessions, which is interesting. And it's not like there's a team of people that deal with possessions. Basically, you were introduced to this guy who had like apparently a couple experiences with what appear to be possessed people, mm-hmm. like his mom, and it seemed like his wife. Yeah, I was I got confused a couple times because or his I, kid. It, yeah, exactly. It's his mom, his wife, his kid, all three of them. Which I mean. I mean, it was maybe it was mom the, and the kid. One of the two. Yeah, because the one guy like keeps saying like oh, he beat up his kid. He doesn't like him, so it probably was the kid. So throughout his life, he's had these like weird dealings with people who got possessed, and at the same time, he knows they live in a seems like a smallish town. There's a a, a minister or a reverend or whatever he is uh, who is aware of possessions and is dealt with other possessions and so uh, throughout this they end up kind of working together to I don't know discover more about the whole situation but also deal with a couple people who are possessed Mm -hmm. and the 
first person that he goes to help the pastor guy, or who, I think he just went to talk to him or whatever. But they discover that when he touches people that are possessed, it makes them uncomfortable, and then when he bleeds on them, <laughs> yeah, then weird forces... stuff shoots out their mouth. Yeah, they vomit. <laughs> they vomit Satan on him. <laughs> yeah, I like this too. And yeah, it doesn't. It tells us that Outcast is a thing, and that this Larry or whatever his name was, this character is probably some type. They refer to him as Outcast, uh, but they don't. Exp- the demons do. Yeah, but they don't explain what that means. Um, they don't explain a whole lot of anything. But it's still early in the series. Yeah, we read volume one, and but none of us had read this before, right? No, I had not. Uh, I didn't even know it existed. I didn't know what it was. I I knew I thought it was like some maybe some type of ghost thing, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I mean it's along those lines, but it's not exactly a ghost thing. But there were some strange things about it. Like there were people that were possessed that they they thought they'd cured or whatever, and were living normal lives, but apparently were still possessed. That's strange to me. Because yeah, they're not doing weird demon things. Disaster, like completely. They're like, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna continue on, you know, going to work and doing my regular stuff, even though I'm a demon. That's strange to me, you know. <laughs> right. Well, like the one old lady that clearly has some kind of possession mm-hmm. still, but the uh, reverend goes and delivers her meals, and yeah, she just seems normal for yeah. the most part. Well, for one I mean, not that he was normal, but even the guy in the prison didn't seem like he was possessed. Really, he wasn't like. To turn his head backwards and flopping him around in the ceiling, you know? No. I mean, he, well, he, yeah, he killed somebody, so he was in prison. But, no, you're right. Yeah. I mean, the little kid that they visit kind of acts a little bit that way. Yeah. Was he eating his own finger or something yeah. at the beginning of the book? It's a little, like, I mean, I kind of appreciated how it's put together. It's a little confusing because it sets up this, this kid that you don't know. Mm-hmm. But then at, when you go to meet our main character, he's having like flashbacks to when he was a kid. So partway I'm like, wait, is this the same kid? Like, yeah. Right. Me too. Um, and I'm snap forward in time or yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think that was intentional yeah. and it worked and it became clear at first. It was a little confusing, but I don't mm. not in necessarily like a negative way. Cause I, like I said, I think it was intentional. Yeah. And like, okay, here's another thing. What was the time frame with his mom? Because he was talking about her being a good mom when he was little but then I'm assuming she got possessed is what happened. So was she she just like kept like abused him for like years and years and years or something as a possessed person? How do you get by years and years and years with nobody noticing you're abusing your kid? Well, it's like you said. Well, I mean, I don't know about that. I don't know what the time frame was, but I'm assuming it's like you said where they don't always act possessed. Mm. So they probably just. Well, demons are getting smart then because. No one's around. Time to abuse this kid. Yeah. <laughs> like weird. Yeah. And are they trying to like possess the outcast? Because there's like that point where they finally visit the kid and the kid tries to like, I don't know, like jump into him or something. And and they flash back to a, a point where clearly his mom tried to do the same thing to him. Is that where, where, they, where they're spewing the evil at him? Yeah. Like the black funk? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Like, are they trying to take? Like, do they want the outcast? Is that? I thought they. I thought it. It was just making them like spew it out, and they couldn't help it. I didn't think they were trying to get in him, but I could be wrong. That would make sense, I suppose. Maybe, except that if it burns them, you wouldn't think they'd want to be in him. 
it looks like it was the wife that was possessed. So I'm thinking maybe she beat the crap out of the kid and he took the blame. Yes, oh, I think wow. that's right. Yeah. Because we see a little bit of a flashback where he finds her like over the over the kid. His house is disgusting. Oh, yeah. Cockroaches and oh. Well, it looks yeah. like he just left when his mom comed or something and he just left and left the way it was. Yeah, so what however it went down with his with his mother, mm-hmm. it, she ended up in a coma. Yeah. In a hospital. But if she had been possessed for years and years, then you know, that makes kind of more sense. Well, her eyes were open, so comatose, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Overall, I I enjoyed it. Like this is I was telling, I don't know, probably both of you. This is the first not that I mean, most of the stuff we've read for the show has been decent. Outside of what we've read for the show, I've read very little comics in the last uh, too long. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But this is the first comic in a long time where I was super excited to like crack it back open mm-hmm. and continue reading. And I read this much earlier in the month than I usually get to books. Me too. It was one of the few in a while that made me like, if I went, if it was time to eat or something, instead of throwing on TV, I'd like pull up pull up the comic and start reading the comic and stuff while I was just chilling in the living room. And it's been a while since I dedicated time other than like, well, I need to get this comic in before we record mm-hmm. dedicated right. time to like, re- you know, re- relaxation time to reading comics. Yeah. And it kind of kickstarted, um, you know, I've read a couple other, at least one other thing since then. Um, so yeah, I think uh, Kirkman, uh, this again highlights what Kirkman is good at. And that is like slowly unfurling, like, um, this this intrigue you know like of people's lives like some of the most interesting parts of this are like what's an outcast and what exactly happened with his mom and what exactly happened with his estranged wife and child uh and what happened to the cool nice neighbor guy that disappeared and then his brother's all of a sudden there who's all creepy and yeah something's wrong with him and who's donnie and why do we just randomly beat the crud out of him and and like we're all so mad at donnie that that even the cop is ready to beat him up in broad daylight mm-hmm. oh i love that because he does he like he starts wailing on him and but then it, people are looking he's like just move along isn't the cop his foster sister's husband or something yeah. like that yeah, yeah. And whatever Donnie did, he did to his foster sister. So yeah, yeah. Without going into it, I, as in like in the comic, without going into it, they infer that you know mm-hmm. he did creepy things to the his foster sister yeah. when they were in foster care. Because like that's all he had to say was like it's Donnie. It was like there's nothing to see here. Go ahead. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's so interesting because maybe that's it because I, these characters are fine they're not bad they're interesting even though even the uh the reverend has some interesting depth to him because he's gambling of course he gives all his gambling he, you know donates yeah. that to the church but he's gambling and he has this speech about like he's not he's a little jaded yeah but he's not like he's, he's still a man of god like he's like i i i talk to you about every day he never answers yeah and he's like you know yeah, we need to do the right things, but he's not – the idea that he's watching every little bad thing we do or monitoring every thought is ridiculous, you know? So he's kind of interesting, the reverend. Yeah. Yeah. So the characters are interesting and well-written, but it's not like they're the most fascinating characters I've ever read. Mm. So it's it's int- it's it's kind of odd to me what it is that Kirkman does to make this, his books so appealing. He makes his characters normal, but then makes them – Normal in interesting ways. 
I guess, yeah, I guess. And kind of put them, puts them in interesting situations where then that touches on what Jesse was saying with it, like how he handles unfurling these things. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at this and Walking Dead and Invincible, and I, I enjoyed this quite a bit and, um, you know, Walking Dead is Walking Dead and Invincible I love. Like they're all good books, but yeah. they're very different. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting that he can still manage to capture the same amount of like, ooh, like mm-hmm. attention from me yeah. with all of them, even though they're very different. But I guess I, I think we kind of nailed it is they're all like kind of normal people in extraordinary short circumstances. Yes. So, yeah, I don't know. But I liked this in particular. I was pleasantly surprised because I really like the setting. It feels like a rural, a smaller town, smaller town America, supernatural thing, you Mm. know? And I I mean, maybe I'm reading too much into it or I'm putting my own feelings on small towns. But it seems like one of those small towns where like the highway started up over there and now nobody comes through town anymore. And, Uh you know, kind of. yeah. (laughs) It feels a little bit to me like the small town in the movie Silver Bullet or something. I don't know why that specifically. I guess uh, it could be any uh, small town in a horror. Needful movie. things or. <laughs> Stephen King horror story, you yeah. know, small town or any number of 80s horror movies that took place in like small towns, stuff yeah. like that. Like Gatlin, Nebraska. Yeah. For me, I don't know. That works because that's, those are, that that's where I grew up. Those are the places I grew up. So I kind of yeah. like that. Yeah. And they have that weird vibe of uh, everything's fine, but. There's also everybody knows there's stuff that goes on that isn't fine. A decent segue into the art. I like the art. I think the art looks nice. Yeah. Because some something that really strikes me is that really sells, even if it's maybe it's not a small town, we just don't see much of it. But we're, what really sells that to me is just like when they're outside their houses, the trees and the look of it. It looks like a certain time of year. And it, it just comes across well. I think the art is pretty decent. You know, what was good for me was when he's, in town mm-hmm. the couple times that he has been it it looks like benson or like you know uh-huh uh, the like small town old, like old downtowns whatever that are like strip malls almost they're like not really downtown but for you for them it's it is mm-hmm. that's that always makes me think of small towns mm-hmm. y'all ain't got no skyscrapers so nope well, <laughs> omaha's got like two yeah, so still two, <laughs> and I mean, there's other ones that are big, that, not that big. That always but. makes me think of Iron Man and those couple of issues of Iron Man that were set in uh, Nebraska. It was like Prometheus Gene Tech in Fremont, Nebraska, and it's like this huge corporate skyscraper type of thing, like <laughs> completely plated with glass. You know, the kind of thing you'd see in a, you know, I don't know, maybe Chicago or, or Minneapolis, but mm. not Fremont. <laughs> no, it'd be like anywhere you went in Fremont, that'd be all you'd see. Yeah, you'd see it from anywhere in town. You'd be <laughs> like, oh, it would be. I want to say the two tallest, uh, the hospital and like there's one apartment, old apartment building yeah. in Fremont, I think are the two tallest town uh, buildings. And you can't see those from more than uh, four blocks away. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If ever an episode was apparent, we're from Nebraska. It's it's, it's this, this one, this conversation right here. <laughs> When they get to the prison, uh, that did make me think of The Walking Dead a little bit, just the way that the prison's drawn. I was like, oh, is this the same prison from The Walking Dead? Oh, that'd be, that's, that'd be fun. Huh, that would be. What if? West Virginia. 
I never finished Invincible. I don't want to. You I didn't? Did. No, I haven't. I didn't realize it. that you hadn't. I thought you had a long time ago. Uh uh-uh. uh. You don't want to? No. It ended. Yeah. So I just haven't. I've been meaning oh. to. Well, I do. I wanted to do too, but I mean, yeah, I'm farther behind than you are. I, I, yeah, I don't know why I assumed that you just, you had, because you liked it so much. I, I just assumed you read it all until it was done. It's still going as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should read it because where I left off, of course, you know that series. Where I left off is. I don't know it. Did you read? You read some of it. I read, well, I read the first three or four books or whatever, but. That, well, it never leaves off in a good place. And where I last left off was not a good place, but that's just I know. the series. I don't even really, don't, don't tell me anything about it because you seemed really upset about it. And I don't want to, I don't want to feel that yet. <laughs> it's a roller coaster. It seems so fun. Yeah. This, I'm very curious as to where this series goes. I know. I really do want to read more. Getting back on track. Yeah, that was the thing. This was one of the, I mean, there's always like when we read Saga or, you know, any number of other books where I'm like, I would totally read read further. I'd like, I'd be interested. I do want to read more. This, I was like, I could read further, further and just not say anything. Like this, <laughs> I, was like, I really want to, I could find, I could find volume two. They don't have to know. <laughs> Well, why, why well, I think I have volume two if you need it from Humble Bundle. Yeah. Yeah, we do. We need it. <laughs> we need it. Yeah, I enjoy it. I enjoyed this quite a bit. I don't really know what else to say. I mean, the story is pretty much what we laid out. There's other little details, but you can read it for that. Again, the art, I like the art. The art's nice. I don't have any specific things to jump in on for it. Yeah. Because most of the story is... It's not superheroes. It's not like, I mean, there's possession and there's some like creepy art and demon stuff, mm-hmm. but it's not like there's not zombies, it's not monsters. So mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's story driven and it's regular day life for yeah. the most part. So it's the art is good. It portrays that well. It's not like super stylized. It's mm-hmm. just, it's good comic book art, but it's just like regular people just kind of doing stuff. Yeah. Well, maybe when, when, maybe when they open up a hell hole, it'll change, but <laughs> when they now. open a hell hole. Oh, those Russians. That's a callback to last episode. <laughs> was that last episode? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'll have to remember to leave all that in. <laughs> uh, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. And, you know, volume one's pretty short. It was yeah. a, it was a fairly quick read. Mm. Like, I know I said I, like, I read it in a couple segments because, like, you know, I'm busy, so. Yeah. I read it all in one. Did you? Yeah. I would definitely recommend this, and I'm very curious as to where it's going. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're doing a review, but really all we got to say is Kirkman. It's good, and that's it. He does things <laughs> that people like. <laughs> yeah. Kirkman is successful, so that's good. I'm glad. Like, it, he gets recognition. I think Walking Dead definitely helps, in it, like, get hit. Uh, at least, I don't know. Walking Dead was a huge series in comic form. Well, like almost 10 years it seems like before there was a series the tv show so i think you know kirkman for me even like before i really dove into comics there was name recognition right so i think he definitely you know and with the tv show and skybound entertainment and other tv shows like he he's successful so that's good but he's consistently good in that it's really good psychology man like the the way that this first volume ends where he's basically confronting this empty room that uh like they they show the door a few times throughout the volume and they're like you don't know what happened in there but you kind of get an idea something bad happened in there and then at the end of the book he's like i'm he just he walks in and this is the room where his mom attacked him 
and uh, he's like, "You don't, you can't scare me anymore. You're just an empty room." Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Oh man, yeah." I don't. It feels very final for the end of a of a volume, but it also is very intriguing for what's happening next. You know, it's like, where do we go now? That's true. There's already there is a character arc. There's character development there, but it still leaves you like you knowing virtually nothing. Right. So it's interesting to have progression yet still so much is like, you don't know anything. Yeah. I guess my point is like Kirkman's he's not underrated, but he's so synonymous with walking dead that like, I wonder if people, if he gets recognition for non walking dead stuff, he's, because he's he, kind of, he totally should, he's kind of like, um, this era's Frank Miller type of character where he's, he's really well known for certain, for certain things like, you know, the dark Knight returns. He's really well known for sit and city. He's really well known for a handful of things that people really like. Um, now granted now he's known for a few flops too, but, uh, Kirkman is, is kind of like, he's kind of like that in that he's, he's known for a handful of things that people really dig on. Mm hmm. And he's got a certain style about him. And you know, you know you're going to get a Kirkman vibe. It does all kind of fall into the same vibe. Even something as colorful and seemingly fun as Invincible, like it still falls into like it gets heavy. And it works on a character level and it works in like the, the genre level of whatever it is. Obviously, like he likes horror stuff. Just the consistency amongst very varied projects is pretty impressive to me. Yeah. Consistent, uh, a consistent level of quality too. Like, mm-hmm. cause yeah, even though this is different and probably isn't getting the same level of notice as the other two, I have the feeling that this is really good and yeah, yeah, it does. It inspires me to want to read more. And you know, the fact that it's still going, it's 2019, it started in 2014, and it is still ongoing. So that's, that's you know, he's able to handle those long ongoing series and keep them, I guess, fresh. Right. And as we, you know. Even when there's zombies. Fairly recently. I keep zombies fresh, come on. Yeah. And he's, <laughs> well, even in that case, when as it's fairly recently revealed, or at least to us. Because I think Pete Mitchell broke the news to us. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how long it was known before that. But, you know. I don't know for sure. He feels like he doesn't know where to go. Like he's kind of done with Walking Dead. So he's going to end the series. So, you know. Yeah. He does have an end point that he'll get to where he's like, I don't know what to do. So let's wrap it up. In- Invincible wrapped up uh, last year, year before, something like that. Yeah. Would you recommend it? Yeah. I would. Who we, who Who are we going to give this to? Not my grandma. Not your grandma. <laughs> not your gra- this is not your grandma's, Kirkman. Well, now, unlike something like Invincible, like I just haven't read enough of this to say, I think this would appeal to most comic book readers. Mm-hmm. Invincible, even though it's a superhero comic, I think would appeal to people who are not necessarily into superhero comics. I agree. So I can't say, like, I, I can say, if you're into horror comics, definitely check this out because it seems really good. Mm-hmm. It's got horror themes. But I haven't read enough to be able to say for sure whether it would appeal to non-horror fans. Yeah, right. So. Yeah. I, I would reserve m- telling people that are super religious yet. Oh, until yeah. I know where True. it goes. Because this is a very fluid religious uh, theme. Yeah. And some people probably would be turned off by that. 
So possession stories for me don't work most of the time. And I kind of blame the exorcist Mm because the exorcist nails it so well. And to me, every, and it's mostly been movies, any other movie exorcist or possession story movie that I've come across feels like it wants to be the exorcist and it's not. Yeah. Um, Like constant, like Keanu Stintine. (laughs) Oh yeah, for sure. And even like, um, those super popular series of, well, I don't know how popular they are now, but they've sp- spawned so many sequels. The the horror, the modern popular horror movies, um, mm-hmm. the possession of the conjuring the and all that. Oh, that sure. goes into a possession area where I'm yeah. just saying, oh, jeez, this it just seems cheesy to me. It feels like an inferior attempt at something that was been done well, much better decades before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anytime, like once, even with this, I was like. I seen that I was like, oh, this is going possession route. Oh, I don't know. And then the fact that like there seems to be a lot of people possessed. Like they come across them pretty easily. Mm. So I was a little nervous about that. But I'm still on board. Like it didn't necessarily like it clearly is kind of has its own angle. Mm. It has its own rules. It's not just the standard possession. There's like what's the outcast? They have an agenda, it seems like. Yeah, that, that especially with the the long game. Like I, I'm, I've been possessed for years, but nobody can tell. They're planning something and they're working on something. I feel, and the fact that like obviously, this guy's been involved with a whole lot of them. It's not just a coincidental like, oh, there just happens to be a lot of possessions. Like mm. there's something. Yeah, there's a reason they're for targeting it. him or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So even with all that, even with my my bias, my possession bias. Uh, it still works for me so far. Yeah. Do we? Do you want? Do we want to speculate on what Outcast can mean? Yeah, sure. We've got several. One, he's actually a demon. And he doesn't know, but he got Outcast and stuck in a body. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. Or he's not exactly a demon. He's more like an angel, like I cast out of heaven, but didn't go to hell. Instead, he got born as a person. Or he's an Outcast because people or demons try to jump into him. And then they can't because they get outcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody else has any theories. Well, I was uh, maybe that they're like uh, they're outcasts because they don't have like I don't know if they, if they don't have a soul type mm-hmm. of thing. Like like so now they're he's kind of empty. Um, something about the blood is not cool for demons, but like he's an empty vessel and they want that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Like they wouldn't have That's to good. fight so hard to keep an outcast's body. I don't know. Like it, it, once they got it, it would be theirs because there's nothing in there too. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. I don't have this commenter's name, but letters page. Okay. So we got a comment on a YouTube video. It was one of our gameplay videos. Hey, we do gameplay videos. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. It was a gameplay video where they were like... <laughs> It was. It was a gameplay video where they're asking about podcast episode. Am I right? That's interesting. Now, we put all our podcast episodes up on YouTube, but I don't know that they really get a lot of traction. Well, I do know they don't get a lot of traction. I see the views. But I throw them up there anyway, Mm -hmm. and it turns out there are some people that listen to them there. Mm -hmm. So because on one of our recent – I think it was a recent Bendy video. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? It was on a Bendy video? I think so. I could be wrong. Or maybe it was on, it, it. It doesn't matter. But it was one of the gameplay videos, and somebody asked, "They're like, when are you gonna do Doctor Who season uh, eleven or series eleven part three? It's been months since part two, because <laughs> yeah, in November and 
December, I believe, we did part one, part two when the show was running for an episode. Mm -hmm. And then Sabrina happened and we were like, let's do Sabrina. And we never went back to finish like because we were waiting on the New Year special. That's really what threw it off. And we record we record episodes before the end of the month. And so January before the end of like December, we recorded January's episodes and Sabrina or uh, Doctor Who's special hadn't aired yet. Well, and our New Year's resolution was interviews. So they kind of took the forefront of our of our planning. Yeah, they really did. So now this isn't I understand. I'm sorry, YouTube commenter, if this is disappointing, but this is not. Obviously, we're not dedicating a whole episode to this like we did the other ones. But I figured the letters page would be a good time to uh, touch on the remaining like three or four episodes of the show and mm-hmm. the and the special that we didn't talk about. In talking to Jesse about this beforehand, I found I don't know that <laughs> the show is going to benefit from that extra time. <laughs> like, because when I got to thinking about it, I remember none, nothing. <laughs> Nothing about what happened. Season 11, uh, absence does not make the heart grow fonder. No. And <laughs> Jesse, I believe you said you rewatched the the special or the finale. Uh, I watched. Well, uh, I guess the same difference. So where we left off, we left off with uh, Kerblam, I believe, was the last episode mm-hmm. that we kind of officially reviewed. So that leaves us with Witchfinders, which was the one that was kind of set in the Salem Witch Trials, that that whole thing. It Takes You Away, which was maybe one of the more interesting episodes of the ones that we have left, where they kind of visit this weird mirror world by going through some weird uh, dimensional tunnel that was like devoid of light, but had creatures living in it. It was pretty crazy, creepy, and weird and awesome. Um, And then the one that I revisited was the season finale, and that was the Battle of Ranskur Avkolos. And that one, I was just like, I have to rewatch this because I know it was the finale and I know there were some cool moments, but I couldn't tell you for the life of me what that episode was even about. Like the other ones, I could give you a kind of a brief synopsis of which finders was Salem, which trial historical it takes you away was uh, some kind of weird uh, mirror world where people that are long dead are still around. And then there was the finale. And I don't, I didn't know what to say about the finale. So I rewatched it and I don't know. I still don't know. I mean, I could kind of give you a synopsis, but there's so much weird stuff happening in that, that, you know, what, what, what's the point of it? I'm not entirely sure. And then resolution and resolution was pretty good. That was the Dalek one. Yep. Yeah. Are we going to go one by one? Yeah. Let's do. Okay. Witch finders. Witch finders. You remember that one now? I do. Okay. I had to look at it, but yeah. I, it was interesting. I think watching your face, Melanie, your reactions when Jesse's like <laughs> doing a summary on these, it was interesting because I kind of was the same way. Like I looked it up on Wikipedia. I'm like, what? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, My big beef with Witchfinders is um, I know that there were crazy times when they had witch trials and it was a lot of people that they accused and died, but I don't think it was like a different person every freaking five minutes. And it kind of felt like they were doing that a little bit in the beginning here. And I'm like, come on, that's too much. Well, and this was the big, well, I mean, there were a couple of big guest, um, guest star moments in this season, but this was like, uh, Alan Cumming was arguably one of the biggest guest stars that they had this season. I think 
and he he played King James, and it was good, but at the same time, like I I don't know. I guess I really enjoyed the historical episodes this season, and then this one kind of let me down. In in comparison, because I was like, oh, the historicals have been so good, you know. So I'm looking forward to this. You know, you've got a female doctor in an era where females were basically burned at the stake as witches. I mean that that's ripe. That's ripe for exploration. And uh, mm-hmm. and then we got there, and it was like, uh, yuck! It's it's not. And and they did. They. I mean, if they're you know, I know this season got a lot of flack for being SJW fodder or whatever. This episode was maybe a little too on the nose for some of that too. Where it's like, oh well, you're you're a female, so you couldn't possibly be in charge who's actually in charge oh well it's graham and, and graham and ryan yeah but the lady who owned owned everything and was running the witch trials was a woman right yeah it was so bizarre so, it was so bizarre and yeah and didn't really stick to the message or you know like i don't know what mm-hmm. was going on it, here you know if i were possessed and i figured i was possessed because i'm leaking crap out of my every pore I don't think I would have witch trials to call attention to weird stuff going on. I'd try to hide it, you know, like, right. what are you talking about? There's no weird stuff going on. Just ignore it. You know, <laughs> Not like, right. let's let, let's murder everybody. So everybody keeps looking for more of the things that are wrong with me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> right, right. There was some entertaining stuff in this episode, but. Yeah, I was not a super fond. I was not super fond of this one. And the stupid tree thing. The mm. end. Ugh. Yeah, the reveal of like what was going on. I was like, what? That is left field. Uh-huh. Doesn't really make sense. Uh, no, didn't it? No, not, no. not feeling it. It was, yeah, it was a letdown. Yeah, and I'm with you, like Jesse. I did kind of appreciate. It's so strange, but that's like one of the things this season overall did pretty well was bring back historicals and made them kind of entertaining. But this one did not work for me. It was yeah, yeah. I did. I mean, I kind of liked that the their king guy was just a psycho kind of. Alan, Alan Cumming was interesting. I, I will say mm-hmm. that he did a pretty good job with the role, but it, I don't. I don't know. It almost distracted from the episode. Like yeah, he, he was maybe the best thing about it. You know, it was almost like a fear and loathing style. He's like, oh, I have my own set of torture tools. Hold on. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and he, his whole his whole flirtation with Ryan too was was pretty fun. I mean, like there was there yeah. was good parts about this episode, but uh, I guess. Some of the things that really disappointed me about it was that, uh, first of all, my un- unrealistic expectation that all of the historicals were going to be awesome. Uh, and that's my <laughs> fault. That's my fault. Uh, but then this was the episode where the doctor could have got mad. like, sh- And she yeah. tried and it fell flat for me. Like there was a moment where it's like, oh, she's almost there. She's not scary. And I don't know if that's my fault. For not not buying in, or if it's she needed to be pushed, like a director needed to push her a little harder, or if she just didn't bring the performance. But they I just was never like, really ah. go there. No, she hasn't. She still hasn't. You know, I don't know that they will. Like that- maybe they're afraid to. Maybe for with all the backlash on the stuff, you know. Yeah, political correctness. Maybe they don't want to let her. In in the defense of of this season. I, when I think back about doctors, when I think about all of them in the 50 year run, there's only two doctors where I'm like, oh yeah, 
the first season of their run is the watershed moment there that like it does it 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 continues a standard of excellence but it never gets much better than that like there's only two times that i can say that one is william hartnell because when i think of william hartnell i usually think of susan and barbara and uh mm-hmm. the first tardis yeah. crew the early yeah yeah early like i think of them and so obviously season one of that because it's the very very beginning and then the ninth doctor because there is no other there is nowhere to go yeah. from there i mean like they didn't he didn't get an opportunity to change or evolve uh he just nailed it in his first run it's you know he is what he is and and that's what we get but when i think about like the 10th doctor not my favorite season you know mm-hmm. The first season with with Rose, that one's arguable. I mean, like I I would have a debate on that one. I can understand why people would say no, the Rose season's the best, but it's not mine. It's not my favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and I feel that way about all the other Doctors, like uh, the early the early Troughton era, Second Doctor. That's Ben and Polly are not my Second Doctor era. It, mm-hmm. It's Jamie. You know, you gotta wait. You gotta wait for some of the best Second Doctor stuff. It's pretty good. He hits the ground running, but you know, that's not my that's not my favorite part. It usually takes them at least a season to kind of fall into the role. Yeah. And then there's usually some type of um especially you know, you're you're focusing on the companions a lot and I think that makes sense because there's a lot of they kind of have to jockey around to find what works because each doctor has a different dynamic, each actor has a different dynamic and the same kind of a uh, Companions aren't necessarily going to fit each dynamic. And some of them are just boring. Yeah, <laughs> that's, true, that's true. Or, or you, you know, you look at like um, the Fifth Doctor, and oddly, uh, my favorite Fifth Doctor story has nothing to do with his crew. You know, usually his crew uh, is, you know, Tegan and Tegan and them. And uh, my favorite story is is the one that he has Perry with. You know, what was the next one? Was it takes you away? takes you away and that's the one where they show up on this it's it's kind of a weird setup it's kind of a bait and switch because you think that there's a monster that's like surrounding this house they they find this house that just seems to be out in the middle of the sticks somewhere and it's all boarded up and they find this little girl in there and uh, she seems to be alone and you think it's because there's something outside that's that's basically hunting them and it winds up being none of that. It winds yeah. up being. It was. It felt. It felt super creepy. Yeah. At, at first, until they yeah discovered it was a horrible father instead. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. What? Oh. Yeah, I'm gonna tell this terrifying story to my blind daughter, and then rig up some some sound machines outside to keep her terrified and locked in the house, and then disappear for freaking months. What kind of a horrible person does that anyway? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Steal, steal away <laughs> to an alternate dimension where I can uh, hang out with my long dead wife that is apparently mm-hmm. still alive in this other dimension or, or seemingly yeah. still alive. Mm-hmm. This, I mean, something about it still felt off, but this might be one of my favorite episodes yeah, of the season. I think so too. This one was cool because you're right. It did feel legitimately creepy at first. Mm-hmm. That weird tunnel section was weird. Weird, weird. It was super weird. Weird. Yeah. weird in a non Doctor Who way. Like mm-hmm. it felt like Clive... Gaiman. I bet Neil Gaiman wrote it, huh? 
I don't know, but it felt like a oh, Neil Gaiman book. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, right. It's got that vibe. It's not written by Neil Gaiman, but it, no, that fantasy horror. Yeah, you know, Clive Barker was the my other go to, like a, a Hellraiser, something yeah. weird. Hellraiser's a little bit more darker edge, but you know that kind of fantasy, yeah, magical horror yeah. hell thing uh, with that weird creature and the moths and the the light balloon type mm-hmm. thing. It was just very strange. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. The Mirror Universe was an interesting idea. I think it was a big, big jump though to get there. That's my main issue with the episode. Now that we're getting there, remembering what it was that was off was the doctor figuring it out Mm -hmm. somehow by remembering something. It's like, nope, nope. (laughs) Remembering (laughs) that's bad writing. By remembering a possible theory she heard about once a long time ago. Not even like. This thing existed. Well, I remember a long time ago they thought, well, maybe this is possibly how things could happen. There was a legend of this and this. And it's like, well, that's it. What? Yeah. That's bad. Bad writing. Mm -hmm. Like, no offense. Like, I like the idea. I like Mm -hmm. the execution on most of it. Yeah, they tried to pull a Zagreus with it, and it was not. It. That's that's kind of a bigger issue for me of the overall, of the season overall is Mm – one, either the monster or whatever it is, most of the time that's causing it is actually not a bad monster. It's misunderstood or something, which yeah. is fine. But like the monster reveals or the reason reveals are always disappointing, mm. mostly disappointing, or like how they get there is feel sloppy. Yeah. And and you had mentioned, Jesse, like a lot – must have mentioned it on one of our first two episodes. We talked about this. A lot of the writers are not – traditionally sci-fi writers and stuff this right. season. And maybe that's it. Although you would think they might be better at how to get from point A to point B in a story progression sense, but maybe it's just not knowing how to do that in the format. Yeah. The 45 minute, 50 minute hour long show, whatever. Mm-hmm. But that's one of the big parts where the season's fallen for me is explaining things or, you know, coming up with a plausible, reason for any of the characters to know any of this information there's a lot of interesting scenarios but like how they get there is very Mm -hmm. flimsy yeah Yeah. well it's almost entirely oh i remember this thing well you can't just have somebody magically remember everything i write at the right moment that's the opposite of how things work even when you're looking for something you can't freaking find it you're doing something two weeks later and you're like oh yeah that's what it was you know be realistic they'd be trapped in that universe and exploded because the doctor wouldn't have thought of it till tomorrow (laughs) <laughs> like there should be some element of detecting yeah. to to it, and there's not. I do like though how it ends, even though it gets kind of goofy, mm-hmm. but it also is kind of sad. Oh, that's right. You talk to a frog, don't you? Yeah. Like it's- <laughs> oh, there's so much to this weird episode. Like that was yeah. yeah. Now now I'm like re- revisiting it, and I'm like, oh yeah, there's so much weird stuff happening here. It's mm-hmm. thoroughly strange. Yeah. But I did enjoy enjoy it, and how. And that's one aspect where, like, I mean, this doctor is more compassionate than some other doctors. Yeah. And it really – and I have no problem with that. But it, I think it worked best here yeah. because you do get a sense that, like, she's kind of bummed about this whole thing. Like, she's got to lie to it and clearly, but she's bummed about it. That, yeah. uh, she's genuine. The fact that they included a frog most made me think of Doctor Who's long – like, its history with, like, uh, Douglas Adams – as a as a mm. script writer, you know, or script editor, 
Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, that's a very Douglas Adams type of thing to do. But yeah, this that might might be my favorite episode of the season. That and Rosa are like Rosa is probably a little bit above that for me. But mm-hmm. yes, yeah, I think the I, I would agree. These these are probably two of my favorite. That and uh, Kerblam is probably up there too. I was kind of sad for what's his butt. I can't remember his name. Graham? No, not Graham. The other one. Um. Because Ryan? he didn't get a chance. He didn't get to see his grandma at all, did he? No, oh, you're right. Well, she wasn't yeah. really. I know it's she, not really his grandma, but she felt like she was. Yeah. You know, they even had that conversation, you know, and I get that Graham misses her and he's sad, but it's always about Graham, you know? Yeah. And I, I just wanted, I just wanted him to have a chance to say goodbye to you. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Especially rolling into the next episode because mm-hmm. Graham gets his little moment to maybe have some right. closure. And then we roll into the the season finale where we have the only through line of this entire season, I think. And that is mm-hmm. the return of Tim Shaw. Yeah. Or whatever that guy's name actually is. Which episode did his dad, was that the New Year's special that? His dad came back in. His dad showed Yes, up? yeah. I believe so. That kind of felt like a cheat a little bit for setting up some kind of progression for him. Yeah. But so the the season finale though, I I mean I don't know how I feel about it's it. So it's so weird. It's such a weird one. Like it starts with uh, was it the Ooks? Is that yeah, is that what they were called? Tele- these like telepathic or not even telepathic. They could basically just create things with their mind. Yeah, and there's just two of them. In the whole universe. And they live for an awful long time or something. And they're, they're and yet they have this weird age gap. It's, it's kind of strange. This is such a weird place to go with that tooth-faced creature that they set up Yeah, in episode one, who was I was not impressed with to begin with. It seems like it could have been any monster they happened to have earlier in the season could end up here. Mm. Right. But, I mean, I guess, I guess the point is they you know, the doctor or whoever potentially sent him to his death, like did it dealt with him in kind of a harsh way or potentially harsh way. And so maybe this is more about her dealing with the of repercussion intended unintended consequence of her actions. Yeah, kind of thing. yeah exactly. Yeah. So I guess there's that, but like, it just doesn't even seem like the same type of character. It's such a weird convoluted plot too. And this was a Chibnall, you know, this was, I, I believe this this was all Chris. <laughs> mm-hmm. I like them, I like their power, and I like their religious sort of theme about uh-huh. it. Like, you know, I think there's only two of them ever. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's like only ever supposed to be two of them, and then they're supposed to go and like build a tower yeah. and see if the guy shows up, which is strange in itself. But you'd think they've been doing this for so many years, sure, but. They still experience other parts of the universe. Like she was talking about people calling them for help for things in the past. Mm-hmm. How do they not know that other things exist and this guy just showing up there doesn't mean he's a freaking god? Yeah. You know? Right. I mean, I don't know. It seems super naive of them. Yeah. Then he just... becomes the creator. <laughs> yeah. And he's dying. The creator's dying. Yeah, no. I mean, I that was way too far-fetched for me. And if that doesn't work, then none of the, the rest of it works you know yeah, yeah. The, then the rest of it doesn't really matter because it does hinge on all kind of that yeah i did like their weird 
biological religion magic science yeah. thing they had going on. Yeah. Because they had this power, but they were also had to like rig up to this machine that also seemed like it was like. Well, they only had to do that for him. Okay. When they did their own, they didn't. They just stood there and did their thing. Did he they? used that to yeah. amplify their power. Yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah. they yeah. could steal planets. And all yeah. when you steal a planet, all I can think of is that uh, that one season uh, or the last season of The Tenth Doctor where they, yep. yeah, they're going to use the they're, TARDIS they're to bring all. Towing the planet. Yeah, yeah I was like. Uh. Yeah. And, and, and even in the resolution of this episode, I'm just like. Oh, don't even pretend that you can't warp some planets back into space after they've been shrunk because you've towed entire galaxies back into place. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I get that you need, what, seven people or something to fly this thing. But other than that, you can do anything with the TARDIS. Mm-hmm. And I get the I get the point with like the Graham and revenge and like really that was revenge was kind of the overall theme of the episode. Yeah. yeah. But. I mean, you knew he wasn't going to do anything. They did all right with that. Like, that was one of the better parts of this episode where they were like, we sentence you to life. Like, it was a little bit, it was a little cheesy, a little hammy, but it was all right. You know, much better than trying to cram 17 different plot elements into one episode. Like, okay, we're on this planet and we have to wear these things on our heads and our necks. The things on our heads keep us from going crazy. The things on our necks allow us to talk to each other. We're going to go in and we're going to find some planets inside of rocks, but we don't know that they're planets inside of rocks until much later. And we don't know who's doing this or why. Blah, blah, blah. There's hostages. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Look, there's really so had- much. For some reason, have a backpack full of explosives. Yes. Oh, yeah. Then she's going to be like, oh, I've got explosives, and it's okay if you blow up things you can rebuild. And I change the rules all the time. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know what he was trying to do. It's like you're trying to wrap up the season, but you you just made this plot so convoluted and weird. You know, she took them into the TARDIS for a minute, but I totally want to see those people, the Oaks people, like flying up a TARDIS on their own. Mm. That'd be amazing. That'd be like a supernova-powered people TARDIS machine. I don't know. It'd just be awesome. You know, that is a thing that that happened this season where it's like some of the weird side characters are better Mm. than what's going on. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's that's a good point. It's like the uh, the episode with that little cute creature that eats everything. Yeah, Melanie was. You were all about the, the, not the doctor, but the doctor, like the guy on the ship. Yeah. You're like, he seems cool. He's like with it together. And he's like the one guy that dies in that episode. I know. Yeah. Made me mad. He's the interesting character and you killed him off. Mm. Like, I don't care about this pregnant man over here or whoever else is around on the ship. And Chibnall does yeah. not care about collateral damage. <laughs> not only does he not care about it, he's like, we need more. We need more people to die. Come on. <laughs> there's a guy, there's a chick that dies in this uh, guy's. Um, with the, the captain or the commander, his crew dies in the first mm-hmm. fifteen minutes, mm-hmm. and then well, we'll just move on. We'll we'll rescue the rest of them, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and that was such a superhero thing to do. I mean, not super villain thing to do. Let's let's take this these hostages and freeze them in balls so that whenever we need to, we can threaten whoever they pertain to. You know. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay, so New Year special. I'm remembering. Bits of it. It was, 
you know, it was one of the better episodes, I think. What I think it did well was it kind of started to make and be like i don't know it was probably a reaction to toxic fanboys who were like this doesn't feel like doctor who they're not doing anything old school and so they brought back the daleks which is what you do because uh, heaven forbid we have an entire season without daleks but what i did appreciate about it is that they made a single dalek feel like a threat again and they made a single dalek seem kind of creepy again where like she attaches to the or the the dalek attaches to the yeah, the chick and, and like drives her like a puppet, and I was like, Ooh. I just remember. Yeah, there's some I'd cool stuff there. That. I mean, I, I did enjoy some of that. The dogs seem kind of helpless in general. Yeah, without the suit, but so that makes that brings a whole other level of disgust. That I, I mean, I, I thought they were gross before, but that makes them even more disgusting. And I think nasty. that it works infinitely better on every level than the weird uh, Moffat like people that are Daleks that. Like they're people, but then like the Dalek oh, machine yeah. ice dock comes yeah, out of their forehead. It was yeah. so stupid. Yeah. yeah, this like adds an element of body horror, mm. psychological horror, and like evil. It was yeah. actually evil. Like yeah. she was like had to do horrible things. Mm. And oh man, I forgot all about that. That kind of changes my. I was gonna say I'm not fond of this episode because I don't like the weird this Dalek split into five pieces and oh like, yeah yeah that part yeah, was mystical that part was dumb, teleporting yeah. chunks of dalek that come together it's like that's never what a dalek was it wasn't like a mystical being it's a creepy little mutant but they do yeah. i mean it's done all kinds of weird stuff like a, i don't know what season it was or whatever but with the weird like all of the dead dogs turned into some weird foam ugh, that filled up the oh yeah, those thing? on the planet with the Daleks. That was weird. That. As oh, soon was that they the do with one where he starts regenerating yeah. everybody, yeah. every Dalek that yeah. ever died. <laughs> mm. But that possession Dalek thing does kind of change yeah. my mind. That was that was one of the cooler like almost horror uh, elements of of the season. And then they did like a. A training montage where he builds his, his own Dalek <laughs> suit, and I like that too. An, 80, an 80s <laughs> steampunk junkyard <laughs> Dalek mm-hmm. remake. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. That's one area of this. They touched on it the first episode and then this last episode, but basically modern day, they'd wind up, when anytime they're in modern day, like back at, I don't remember what city. It oh, is, Sheffield. Sheffield. There was a lot of like, they'd end up in, old warehouses yeah and like something industrial industrial areas yeah. yeah and i always liked the look of those sets like i thought that was fun that kind of in i guess when i think about it feels like a little bit of the look of this season mm-hmm. the whole is like that kind of look even though it's not it's just a couple settings but i don't know i like that so i like that a lot of the finale kind of took place there yeah yeah and okay i as doctor who things are weird but if you're in a time war you're in a time war right yeah, and the, and you're destroyed. Doesn't that mean you're destroyed in all of time? Oh well, they oh, because... the time war is so weird. They're they're exploring that in uh, the big finish stories right now, and it's like, ooh, it's so such a mind trip. Okay, but well, but just because they're they're all worried about him getting sending messages, doing this and doing that, and I'm like, so what? Send a message to your planet that's dead and frozen in some other time. Who gives a crap? You're the only one here, and we're gonna kill you. I mean, well, I don't know, but if that's not the case, then I don't know. The Time Wars in concept, super cool. So I'm 
I wonder, I imagine Big Finish could do some cool stuff with it because I was kind of disappointed with the 50th anniversary, like, special, how it handled it. Yeah. Because it, and maybe they'd already ran through all the big time weapons and stuff, but it was just a war. Yeah. And the idea of a time war, though, like, Mm -hmm. you could really do some. Oh, the the War Doctor doctor sets really go into some of the weird uh, time weapons that they used. Uh, I think it was the second, the second one where they really delve into that, where most of the stories kind of have to do with some kind of bizarre weapon and, and just how, what terrible lengths they were willing to go to both sides. Well, why didn't they just say, Hey doctor, you fought these guys a lot. Remember that time when you could have just killed them all right away <laughs> and you Genesis, didn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we just send like somebody else back times. there? Yeah. Send yeah. somebody else back there, have them touch the wires together, and then we won't have to worry about this anymore. <laughs> right, right. Wouldn't, wouldn't that have been the best solution? Reva- like, watching the classic Doctor Who series for the first time after being familiar, after being introduced, like, as it was for us, being introduced mm-hmm. to do- modern Doctor Who, mm-hmm. and then going back and watching the classic series, that episode is so frustrating to me. No, for sure. no kidding. Yeah. And, and I guess it was probably the same for the people at the time, because they Daleks was the big threat since, like, the get-go. Mm-hmm. But... It's just like just, just do yeah. it. Yeah. Well, it's that just whole do it number four. What if you could kill Hitler thing? Yeah, I mean yeah. that's basically what that story is. Thinly veiled. Yeah, but don't do it with basically Jello. <laughs> so I guess it feels like overall thoughts on overall thoughts. Final thoughts on this season as a whole. We've we've touched on it as we've gone through these episodes, but yeah. I really wish Doctor Who would stop being friends with its friends. And and being like, oh, you're my friend. How about we have you do it this time? No, well, let me ask my other friend. And and go find people with talent and then hire them to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I would agree because I don't mind the doctor with a larger set of companions. Mm-hmm. And these companions are fine. But, man, they're so boring. Yeah, They're all so boring. And they don't have any special talents. Like, no. none of them. No. They're just there. Like... Mm-hmm. And not that they don't chip in and do stuff, but on one hand, it's like it's like be careful what you wish for because we got tired of having like bad wolf and having the <laughs> Dude, the girl. You're you so know. right. You know, it's like be careful what you wish for because we got it. You know, like we 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 yeah. lived through the girl who waited. We lived through uh, the impossible girl. We lived through all of those things, and now we're getting actually just normal people. And, what we asked for, and it's like no, no. oh. I don't, but that's the difference. I'm not, I don't want normal people and I don't want the girl who exploded in space. I want Layla. I want somebody who is capable. Yeah. And that's a good point. And can fight, but isn't, you know. And interesting. Isn't some superhero. She's a normal person who's good at exploring and taking care of herself and all those things that you want a companion to be able to do. Creates a, con- creates a conflict with the doctor because the doctor yeah. is like, let's not solve this with violence. And she's like, I'm going to solve this with violence. Just stop me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, uh, yeah, I agree. She's, she's normal, but she's alien at the same time. Yeah. Or well, even what's his name? Jamie. I, I mean, Oh yeah. He was normal, I guess, but he was, Displaced in time, yeah. Yeah, he was more, and he was more about it too. You, you know, I don't know. He was on board. Uh, yeah. He was like, well, uh, you. I mean, I guess you hit these on guys it. are on board, but they're they're like so Boring. dull. I don't know. Well, you you hit on like two of my favorites because I like the idea of 
you know, she was like a warrior from, you know, another civilization that was definitely behind the time technologically. And Jamie mm. was from whatever century mm. type warrior. So like, I like that. Mm. I kind of wish we could get some of that. Like they could bring in a companion who's not just a present day yes. earth person yes. without having to go like alien or something complete. Well, I mean, obvious alien or robot or something ridiculous. And it would be nice to have an alien too. Have an alien that's obviously an alien from the future. That'd be kind of cool. I'm just yeah. disappointed that the doctor didn't pick up that cyborg guy from uh, last. Oh, the heist, last the heist episode. Yeah. 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 Capaldi yeah. was even like a, yeah. secretly like, call me. You know, like know. he had some, <laughs> he had something on the side with this guy. I want to know what their adventures <laughs> right, were. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, and, and their I, adventures were, I bet, it's awesome. It's interesting. <laughs> well, I, I was I want to know why, why that guy was into Capaldi anyway. I mean, yeah. I mean, he, he was young. He's good looking. I'm not necessarily saying they had that on the side, okay. but they had something going. <laughs> they had they were working some heists or they had something on the side. Okay. I want to know their adventures. Yeah. Yeah. Instead we get, you know They can get on it. Clara. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Capaldi and Cyber Guy. I don't remember his name. <laughs> cyber guy. Cyber guy. Cyber heist. Uh, not a cyber. Yeah. Yeah. Or some more Captain Jack type characters that are like Oh, you know, bring back with all the rumors of Captain Jack showing up this season. Really? There was so many rumors this last yeah. season that he was going to oh. be in it. But it but, would have been it would have been so good if they would have done that. <laughs> I don't know. Ooh, Maybe right, it wouldn't have. That one That one guy from the Rosa Parks episode that Yeah. supposedly would be back. He would have been a better bad guy for the finale. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he wouldn't have, but But he would have been as he, good. He'd be a good tie-in to get Captain Jack because wasn't he like some kind of a space? Yeah. I mean, uh, time cop. Or uh, James Marsters, you know, Spike. Spike was kind of a sexually fluid time cop guy. You could bring him back in. What's he doing yeah. right now? Oh, that'd be interesting because I don't think he ever actually appeared in Doctor Who. He was a Torchwood guy. Yeah. Oh, It would yeah. be kind of cool to bring some Torchwood characters yeah. into Doctor Who that originated over there. Oh, man. That'd be I, fun. I would be there for some Gwen Cooper. Just Gwen Cooper shows up and is a boss, and and then uh, the doctor like kind of has to like I don't know reassert Chipotle's herself. Worked with her, Chip Chibnall, Chipotle, Chipotle. Chip <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Chibnall's worked with her. You know, watching this, uh, watching this today, watching the finale today, Holly made an interesting comment which I kind of agree with, and it was like, why don't they have like a transition period? You know, like where you have like, this was the first time where I kind of missed Moffat was like, why, why wouldn't you have them work together in a transitional season? Uh, because mm. I think this could have been better if there had been some transitional stuff happening or at least coordinate. And I understand that's not necessarily, you know, maybe that's not how their hiring process goes, but coordinate at the end of. Moffat season leading into the beginning of, you know, so because maybe they have an issue of like, well, we can't have two showrunners sharing at the same season, but you could at least be like, well, we know you're out. We're going to, we want to bring this guy in. So you two work together and you write a few of us like, a, you know, like you're like, you're not the runner, but you're, but you're going to write a few for the, the seasons. seasons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like I said, hire good people. But I think, right. yeah. but I think they kind of like though. I think they kind of like just hitting not the reset button, but kind of the reset button. Yeah. When Moffat came on, it was just like clearly different mm. and kind of in a, the same situation that he left for. You know, the TARDIS is out of control, flying it through the air. Yeah. Reset. 
is a fairy tale now. And then I don't know when Chimel come on, it was like reset. This is a, we're following these people. I mean, <laughs> I get, yeah. I get that it's different in, in TV land because like you hire people that have done the job for a long time, but it's like when we, you know, like I'm a teacher. So when we hire new teachers, we have them work with the people that are in their department, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. we don't just throw them to the wolves. And, uh, I feel like that's kind of what happens with these shows when they make these dramatic leaps in terms of tone is like, Hmm, you've, you've had a lot of great success doing things like Broadchurch, right? Super. I mean, like you've, you've established yourself as someone who can carry a show, but it's a wildly different show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. So I feel you know, like general impressions. I don't feel like this season is as bad as the uh, toxic fanboys want to make it. They want to make it mm-hmm. all about political stuff. And, and that's mm-hmm. their claim to fame on the internet is, is that this, this sh- season didn't work because it's 1000% political. And I don't agree with that. I don't think like mm-hmm. every episode is a call to arms against white males, <laughs> you know, but I also do, I, you know, I'm, I've got to concede. It's not my favorite, you know, it's not my favorite series of Dr. Who by any stretch of the imagination. Anytime we come up against like one of these topics uh, in something we're covering and we've talked about it already about the season and it, I think this will be the, uh, the, the goddess of thunder argument, yeah. you know, the Thorina or whatever, yes. whoever called it, but uh, it's not what makes the season, the areas of the season that don't work for me. Don't, it's not that it doesn't work because it's an, you got an SJW agenda or it's trying to be too politically correct. The parts that don't work, don't work because it's not well-written. Right. To be honest, like, yeah, there's definitely like, there was an agenda on some of the season Yeah, mm-hmm. and I'm fine with it. They, they went hard at the toxic fanboys. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, though in the Rosa episode, it is a white supremacist from the future who is like, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and then there was a very Trumpian type, uh, kind of rich bad guy. And like, mm. they, they hit it hard, and I'm fine with that. That's not the stuff that didn't work for me. It's just when it just wasn't written well. Yeah. And you can kind of, like, it's science fiction. And Doctor Who, this is far from the first time Doctor Who's been used in a sci- as, yeah, to put forward some type of social message. Yeah. That's a kind of a staple of a lot of science fiction. Yeah. I, you, should go, you, you should write an, art, an article or something. To two of the fanboys be like, so if we took all that out, then what? It would be a good episode because because <laughs> it would still suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Because it, yeah, and again, it's the Thor thing where it's like making a female Thor is not what it made it bad. It's badly written stuff. It's yeah. not the message. It's the way the that this message was delivered yes. is what made it poor. Yeah. And in this case, it's not even like the stuff that doesn't work for me isn't doesn't even necessarily have anything to do with when it does have an agenda. It's the characters are unmemorable or, mm-hmm. you know, like there's like that lazy leap to like, mm-hmm. we don't know anything. Oh, I remember some legend. This, this is what happens. Mm-hmm. This is this is the like plot. Like it, it, that's it, or, what or in order work. to move the plot forward, half the people in the story have to just have no uh, mental capacity for 10 minutes and then when they get it back they just act like that never happened and I don't know <laughs> yeah 
So, yeah, I don't know. Got it. God, that drives me crazy. Wow, we t- we hit this much more thoroughly than I expected, but right. I think it's fine. Yeah, yeah. This might even go in an episode. Hey, YouTube commenter. I'm sorry, I don't. I didn't. I am not looking up your name, but YouTube commenter. Insert name here. I hope you enjoyed this. You you, you, this, you, I, you I'm, got, I'm glad we could. I feel like they got the part three they wanted. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. At, when we're done editing this, after we put it up, we should put it in the in the comments as a reply to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I will. I yeah. will. Okay. I'll. I'll I'll comment on his comment. People, I don't know. I'm assuming people see that, but I don't know. It sends you a message. Does it? Okay. Because yeah. I reply to comment. I reply to almost every comment we get on YouTube because mm-hmm. we don't get that many. Um, or at least you used to. I, I very rarely comment on anything, but I commented on one thing one time and then somebody commented back on me and called me stupid. And then I got an <laughs> argument with him about that. And then in the end though, we we both were like, oh, okay, well, cool. I'm glad we just got to work that through. And- I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm impressed with that. You don't comment on things unless... When you do, it's there's always a thing. Mm. I don't comment on YouTube, and it kind of frustrates me, even if it's an innocent comment from my main YouTube channel that I use, which is Randall Sylvie. Yeah, I don't comment on anything because I just don't want to get into it. Even if it's like an innocent comment or video, I just don't because the comments so often Why turn into a cesspool. Why hair so beautiful? I hate people. Got it. I'm sorry. I, I shouldn't have made that video public. I don't mind making it public. I just don't understand why people have an obsession with long hair. It's my hair. If I want to chop it off, I can chop it off. Don't. You got a lot of support in those comments. We're talking about the very first YouTube video I uploaded was uh, me and Melanie shaving her head. Yes. And it got like 20,000 views. Oh, (laughs) yeah. yeah. And and which creeped Melanie out, rightfully so, I think, uh, or or at least freaked you out a bit. So I made it private. It surprised me because... We had re- you had put something out before. I can't remember. Oh, oh I might the have. EMC birthday, which was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Was Everyone whole- should have loved that. And it got like, yeah, some views. And then me shaving my head gets like 20 times more. It was like a 20 minute long video, too. We took our time. We I like know. It was like an hour long process of us slowly like shaving your head and stuff. And I cut down to 20 minutes. Yeah. So it's not no short video. Uh, but a lot of people were like, yeah, you go, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so you got a lot of support on there. Yeah. It's so weird what people will like key into i mean we've talked about the stats lately for uh-huh. for grolix and grolix uh cinematic universe and one of the one of the episodes that's got uh like the most views ever out of anything grolix related was the outtake video or not even video uh, outtake uh basically like a pre-show type of thing uh mm-hmm. for grolix cinematic universe uh, and it's just the stuff that uh jasper hasn't seen <laughs> and in theory it even sounds like it would be good but like in ex like in execution it's actually pretty dull he it's just jasper reading a list of movies and me being like oh no that's not like that yeah that's not you you i, I can see yeah. why you wouldn't have seen that one and that's like the most listened to episode in maybe almost you know at least six months because people are like he hasn't seen that <laughs> what does <laughs> yeah, wrong with this guy that's what people want to chime in into it. they want to they want to tune in and judge you that was a healthy letters page segment. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> hey, if you want us to, like, r- really dive into your comment more than we probably should, leave us a comment on YouTube. Yeah, if you if you want an episode on your comment. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can yeah. even, like, leave us a crappy comment. <laughs> I was going to say, you give it'll us becoming a- hate mail. That that gets you a good episode or two. <laughs> we'll be right. become- we don't know gets about a lot of things, so we'll <laughs> exactly. reference you well into the future. You could become a years long inside joke. Yep. <laughs> we will immortalize you in 
radio or podcasto. Stop laughing. Why are you laughing? Is it epic? <laughs> epic R word show. Yeah. I remember that comment word for word. <laughs> it's burned. It's burned into my memory. I can't remember the the season finale of a show I love, but I can remember that comment. I remember one troll left a comment two three years ago. <laughs> for real, for real. Hey everybody, this is DJ Johnny Rock. And I'm Neil Young, Johnny's best friend. Not you're not my best friend. Yes, I am silly. Not my best friend. <laughs> my best friend and I are here to tell you to tune in to Drinking in the Park Heard every Friday on iTunes, Stitcher, uh-huh. um, SoundCloud, right, right, uh, Player FM, mm. the EMC Podcast Network, the Tangent Bound Podcast Network, and oh, <laughs> www n-e-i-l-a-n-d-j-o-h-n-n-y.com and downloadable on the podcast app of your choice. It's a lot of techno babble. Is this a, is this a promo? Am I in a promo? Yep. That explains the background music. It's really nice and shiny in here. And is, is it kind of small as it's well? getting smaller because it ends soon. Ends? Yeah, Johnny, all podcast promos end. When does the promo end? Uh, 30 seconds? Yep. 30 seconds? God, that was 25 seconds. Why does the promo have to end? I have more sounds to make. More jokes, more bananas. Johnny, Johnny, I, I have an idea. Listen. Neil, 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 yeah, Neil. Neil, you actually have to say the words when you whisper. No. Okay, sorry. Okay. Try it again. Listen. Oh. Yeah. Oh. That's a great idea. Hello. Will you please listen to our podcast? I hope this works. Me too. This is Jesse. The internet is a communication tool used the world over where people can come together to grolics about movies and share pornography with one another. This is Melanie. Beasts of obesity, Grolixes that wouldn't feel an arrow, the Great Whites, probably the most dangerous creatures on Earth. This has been Randy. Stick your Grolix up your Grolix, you worthless mother Grolix, Grolix sucker. Thank you for listening to the Grolix Podcast. The Grolix Podcast is a production of the Electronic Media Collective and Verbal Arrow Studios. For more Grolix Podcast, visit GrolixPodcast.com. Like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Podcast, or follow us on Twitter at Podcast. We're also everywhere. All the time. All at once. Your mother sucks Grolix in hell, Karis, you faithless slime. <laughs> that's, a bit, that's a bit too much. <laughs> uh, or let Jesus Grolix you. Ooh. Ooh. Like <laughs> Only if you know the scene. Oh, man, yeah. that's bad.